The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark. And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. And Simon and those searched for him, and they found him and said to him, Everyone is looking for you. And he said to them, Let us go on to the next towns, that I may preach there also, for that is why I came out. And he went out throughout all Galilee, preaching in their synagogues, casting out demons. And a leper came to him, imploring him, and kneeling, said to him, If you will, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him, and he was made clean. And Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer um, for your cleansing what Moses commanded for, for a proof for them. But he went out and began to talk freely and spread the news, so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town but was out in desolate places, and people were coming to him from every quarter. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, good morning. As I get started, um, I was listening to a song tonight, or this morning before I came, and I want to pray um, some of the lyrics over us this morning. So let's pray. So Father, come and fill this room, anything apart from you, Let it fall away. And Jesus, that's my prayer here this morning, that whatever happens today is of you, that everything else falls away, falls to the wayside, and we can focus all of our attention on the words that you have to say. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. So my sermon title today, or for those of you who don't know, my name is Cody Quinn, I'm the director of diff students here, and so I deal with middle school and high schoolers all the time, and me and my wife moved here about eight months ago. Yesterday was actually our our eight-month anniversary of being married, so we're pros at it now, and uh, and we actually thought, or I, I think I had this thought of whenever we moved here that we were already pros. You know, we had been married like five or six days when we moved here. And we just had it down. I mean, we, we, hey, we were moving away four hours from our family. We're on our own. We're together. We got this. And uh, then we switched Kelsey's name. And that's like when the floodgates went out because you have to change everything. Our insurance was in her old name and all this stuff. We had to go to DMV like 19 times. <laughs> and uh, it felt like 19 times. Kelsey was like, I'm not going back anymore. And uh, we just had all these things to do. And then trying to get, get our license, get our license plate. And then not to mention, we had, or we got an email a couple weeks ago saying, hey, Kelsey, your, your school debt is, you're about to have to start paying it. Your school loans need to be paid back. And so we're in the process of trying to push that back, get low payments, whatever that is. And then on top of all that, it's tax season. I've never dealt with taxes. That's my mom's job. She's the accountant, the bookkeeper of the family. You know, that's her job. Well, now I'm having to get my stuff together, get Kelsey's stuff together. And this adult life is hard. It's, and and we, felt, we felt a little swamped kind of in the background of our life. We've, we've loved our move here. We love everything about it. But we just kind of had this feeling of, or I have, of being swamped. And then as I was 
thinking of this, I thought, man, I deal with kids like twice a week, but I don't come home to kids. I don't have little ones running around. Thank goodness, because I'm probably not swamped. You guys know a lot more about being swamped than I do. And, you know, I just wonder, and I ask you the question, in what ways have you felt swamped? Because I can see it in my life, but I know it's probably true for many of us that we feel swamped in life. And maybe it's, you know, for those of you with kids, it's your kid's schedule has you feeling swamped. You know, dealing with the students, I, I see some of their schedule. Their sports schedule alone is insane, and I can't imagine people who have two, three, four kids that they have to coordinate. There was one family, they have three games in one day, all different teams, and it's just, you can feel swamped in that. Or maybe it's your work, your coworkers or your boss, they're placing all these expectations on you, these deadlines, and you feel swamped in that. Or maybe it's your extended family. Maybe that's what has you feeling swamped, especially for you, those newly married couples. The extended family gets a little crazy sometimes. Or how about just life in general? Just every once in a while, you just get this feeling of you're just treading water, trying to keep your head above water. You feel swamped. Well, I know as I was preparing this message uh, that God spoke to me and has helped me through this, and I know that he's going to do that for you. So I pray that that's what he speaks to us, that in this feeling of being swamped, in this feeling of just treading water through life, that he can help us find rest in him. And so the big idea for this morning is out of rhythms of rest come the power of God for ourselves and for others. It's not just for us alone, but it's about others as well. But it all begins in Christ. And so my first point for the day is that out of rest comes God's power. Just very in, in, in broad stroking, out of rest comes God's power. Look at what it says in Mark 1.35. It says, And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed, went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. You know, just prior in, in Mark, and just, you know, from 30 to 34, I think it's in there where it says that the, the sun is set, it's dark outside, and the place that Jesus is at, everybody's there. He's having this late night ministry going on, and he's, it's a late night for him. But then in verse 35 it says, and very early in the morning, even after the late night, the, the long hours of work, he found time to rest in Christ. He wakes up and goes to God first thing. Look at this. Quote, so I'm working on my master's right now, and this was a quote I read from a book um, this past week. It says, unlike the disciples, we are distracted by a fast-paced information culture that constantly seeks to capture our social, moral, intellectual, and spiritual concentration and energies. We are bombarded by 24-hour cable news and information, an ever-invasive addiction to social networking, a carnal, postmodern, secular culture, and the temptation to fill our egos with the temporal, self-indulgent arrogance of this age. Think about it. How many times have you and I sat down to spend a few precious minutes with the Lord only to be distracted by the quick check of an email or a text? By the time we finish wording our email, the moment set aside for reading God's word and breathing a, new, a few precious words in prayer are gone. 
We're taking care of the urgent, but ignore that which will nurture our eternal soul, Dr. David Wheeler. And we see how we live, and we know how we live in this connected world. All the time, information is coming in from all different areas. And we find that oftentimes we neglect our relationship with Christ. We, we neglect our rest in him. And we're not talking about, when I say rest, we're not talking about naps. Okay, naps are awesome. But we're talking about resting in God, finding that moment every day. Maybe it's a minute. Maybe it's five minutes. Maybe it's 30 minutes for you. But finding that rhythm where you sit in God's presence. You know, in DIFF students, we're in this series called Make It a Habit. That's where the title of this sermon comes from. And we're talking about how there's some daily habits we need in our life in order to live this Christian life the best way possible. And the first habit we talked about was spending time with God. And in our series, we passed out these 30-day devotionals. And you see the pictures up here of these kids finding time to rest in God. And now, what I see from the student ministry perspective is that what they're going through, it may look minimal to us or it may look small to us, but it's real and heavy stuff to them. Their schedules are busy. They're dealing with things, but yet these students and others have found time to block that out and to rest in Christ. And I know at least Blaze on this picture got a little background on, on this picture, but he woke up in the morning by himself, got his devotion out, got his Bible out, and started reading. And I would say if they can do it, we can too. If they can do it, we should too. And parents, we should definitely, or you guys, should definitely be modeling that for them. How can you rest in Christ? And so how do we do this first point? What should we do? What do we do from here? You find your rhythm. All in Scripture talks about early in the morning. Maybe you're a morning person and early in the morning comes natural to you, like it does for me. But for many of you, it doesn't. What is your rhythm? Is it a, a couple minutes at, at your lunch break? Is it an afternoon when you get home? Or maybe when you put the kids to bed, you have a moment to breathe. Find your rhythm of rest. Because out of your rhythm of rest is where God's power comes from. And point number two, along the same lines, very similar, but it's out of rest comes God's power for you. Out of rest comes God's power for you. Look at what it says in Mark 1, 36 through 39. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him, and they found him and said to him, everyone is looking for you. And he said to them, let us go on to the next towns that I may preach there also, for that is why I came out. And he went throughout all Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons, Mark 1, 36 through 39. So we see here in the scripture that Jesus was in this desolate place by himself, and Peter comes running up to him and says, hey, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Everyone's looking for you. Everyone's coming to find you. They're, they're searching for you. And a rabbit that we can't chase or we're not going to chase this morning is, why are you coming to Jesus? These people were coming to Jesus for everything that they could get, for selfish reasons. They weren't coming to serve him, to obey him, to figure out what he wanted them to do. They were coming just to get, get, get. They were coming for the miracles. And so the obvious question is, why do we come to Jesus? But we're not going to spend time on that. We're going to talk about how Jesus responded. How Jesus responds in this moment of rest for him. How does Jesus navigate this urgent request from Peter? 
And we see that Jesus says, hey, i got to go on to the next city. i got to go on to the next spot. i got to go to preach. I can't be here any longer. i got to go. And we see out of that resting time, Jesus found order. Resting in God orders our lives. It brings order to our lives. It sets our priorities for us. You know, one way we see um, Jesus setting his priorities or order coming to his life is from the voices being spoken into his life. Peter specifically in this passage. But how about you? What voices do you have speaking into your life that constantly are demanding something from you? There's an urgent need all the time. Is it your kids? Is it your bosses? Maybe your spouse, coworkers? We all have these voices in our life. But when we find our rhythm of rest, God's power flows to us and it brings order to our life. He shows us what our priorities should be. He shows us how to uh, have victory over our schedules. He shows us how to order our life. And maybe it is the schedule that presents this urgent need. Out of our rhythm of rest, we can see that God is providing us power to overcome all of that. So what do we do? From our rhythm of rest, see how God's ordering your life. If you don't have this rhythm set up in your life right now, once you find it, once you find that time to rest in God, see the priorities that God places for you. How is God ordering? What should you do and what should you ignore? Just like Jesus had to move on from this situation with Peter, we can't do everything. What is it in your life that God's calling you to or away from? It's out of our rhythm of rest in Christ where we find that out. Point number three, out of rest comes God's power for others. The gospel isn't selfish. Jesus, when we rest in God, it isn't just for us. It's for us, but it's also for others. Look at what it says in Mark 1, 40 to 42. And a leper came to him, imploring him, and kneeling, said to him, If you will, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him, and he was made clean. You see, growing up playing sports, I played travel baseball, soccer, football, basketball, got into golf in high school, played every, anything I could, I played. And one of the constant things you see or you hear, especially when you're playing defense, is you've got to keep your head on a swivel. You've got to keep your head on a swivel. You've got to keep your head looking for everything. Because in football and basketball, if you get locked in on one spot, the ball could go right past you. Someone could break behind you. Or in football, you could get creamed if you're focused in one spot. And we see that that's kind of what Jesus is doing here. Jesus had his, has his head on a swivel. He's got his mission. He's got his why of what he's doing because he's rested in God. He's figured that out. He knows he's, he's got to go preach. He's got to go to some more cities. But then it looks like this guy with leprosy just comes and interrupts that. But we see Jesus stops and he shows compassion. You see, it's from resting in God where you will see the opportunities of God. Now, I'm sure all of us can attest to this, that sometimes there's some unexpected things that happen in our life. There's some unexpected people that enter our life. How do you know if you should stop and respond to that? 
Because you've, you've rested, you've figured out your mission, you've figured out your why for the day or for your life in general, but how do you know what you're supposed to step into and ignore? How do you know when you're supposed to reach into other people's lives? And we see that it's from that moment of rest. We'll see those opportunities, we'll identify those opportunities and know when it's time to step in. But here's the deal. Here's the catch. If you haven't rested in God, if you haven't sat in the presence of God, how do you expect to give it? How do you expect to give Christ to someone that you haven't seen in a while or you haven't talked to in a while? And so it's in that moment of rest where the power of God comes to us so that we, it can flow through us and affect others' lives as well. So I urge you, what do we do? I urge you, look for opportunities of God. Keep your head on a swivel. As you set your rhythms of rest, as God's power comes to your life and you're filled up, look for opportunities. Look at where God is bringing someone or something to your attention for you to reach out in because the need is always going to be there. But it's in resting with God you find out what your mission is, what your why is, what you're meant to do in that moment. And so the challenge for the day is to find your rhythm of rest so that God's power can flow to you and through you. I always think about in the airplane where you're supposed to, if, it, if things go wrong, you're supposed to put the mask on you first so that you can help everybody else. You've got to take care of your rhythm of rest before you worry about other people because you have nothing to give. God hasn't filled you up if you haven't been in a rhythm of rest. So the challenge is to find your rhythm Find your moment where you can step into the presence of God so that his power can flow to and through you. Let's pray. Father, this morning I thank you for the opportunity to speak your word. Father, I pray that as I spoke, your words rang the hearts of everyone that can hear my voice just like it did mine when you were speaking to me. God, I pray that you change and transform us so that not only can we impact the world, but that our lives will be impacted. Father, I, I know that everyone in this room is meant to be a, a world changer in some form, in some facet. Help us all to step into the moments of resting in you so that we can be filled up to go out and do what you've called us to do and to be who you've called us to be. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.